Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the new week. How was your weekend? I'd love you to share with me about what your weekend was all about. Did you have some fun? And did you play a little bit? Did you enjoy yourself? Just kind of like if you don't have any, you know, just to call in and say, well, what about my relationship? That's cool. But rather just hear what's going on in your life. It took a couple minutes. I'm stopping, you know, talk to you about whatever's going on. Okay. So what are we doing? So we're going to talk about relationships this week and uh, just in general. How did I get into this thing about love and relationships? So I get, I guess, it's from some of my clients, a couple of people. One one client in particular was asking me questions about relationships and her relationship and whether it's going to work and not work and all that good stuff. So I thought to myself, well, this is a good theme for the week is relationships. And, you know, when you're in a relationship – Sometimes you're irritated at your partner because your partner isn't necessarily doing, just isn't keeping the relationship going. I, I'm kind of going off the top of my head here a little bit because because the theme is it's going to be from an article I thought rather interesting. Um, thirteen things you could never be able to change about your partner. Now. The word never, I'm kind of like, well, maybe never you'll be able to change, but they're not necessarily never that they couldn't change, right? Okay? They can change. They can make changes. They can make adjustments. And Carolyn Stieber is the author, and if I can look up Carolyn for you real quick, I'll tell you a little bit about Carolyn's background, if I can find it in all of these 13 different ways, and if I can thumb through all the commercials and all the little ads. Okay, so we don't have Carolyn's background, but it's from a website, Bustle, Bustle, B-U-S-T-L-E dot com, B-U-S-T-L-E dot com. So we'll just go that. Carolyn's an expert on this whole thing. And I, I read through these, and I, I have to agree that, yeah, that's pretty much it. I can see that in people. Yeah, I can see that they don't change. So, but for the most part, unless they want to. I always come back to, unless they want to. People can change things if they want to. But you can't change them. That's the key. You can't change them. So that's the big thing about relationships, and that's where I find in my years of doing this where relationships get hung up is because people think they can change. You ever been in a relationship like that? Think you can change, be changed? I, I was in a relationship for quite a few years and I don't think my marriage was quite that bad about changing, but I was in a relationship for a few years and it was all about change, me changing and and finally, it came down to celebrating differences that, you know, we were encouraged to celebrate each other's differences. So that put an end to that relationship. Ah, we're still friends, which is a good thing. So that's what we'll talk about 
It's and so what do you think? Can you change somebody else? Can you actually change somebody else? Or they have to be willing to change. So let's look at these thirteen things and then I'll have my spirit guides. You know what I'm gonna do? I thought I'd change the format a little bit because you usually all channel for a period of time during the show. But I'll cover each point and then I'll channel my spirit guides and what they may have to say about each point about changing somebody else and maybe they have a little different point of view on it so we'll go through these 13 things because this week's about relationships so if you want to have a question for my spirit guides and if you want me to channel the sarah group for you about your relationship questions yeah i guess questions yeah where where are your souls going as in this relationship because your souls know where you're going okay Sometimes you don't follow the lead of your soul. Okay, so we'll get into that. We'll jump right into the articles and the 13 things because there's some uh, little lead up to it. But I think these these are the 13 things. And then we'll let my spirit guides comment. comment. If I can talk, you know, it's like, ugh, yes, I can talk. I can talk, really, seriously, I can talk about this. My brain's a little slow. It's Monday. You know, you ever have those Monday, I can't quite get it started days? You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. Let's let's jump into number one. And I love your comments on these, too. What do you think? These are things that 13 things you'll never change about your partner. Now, you'll never change. They could change. So I'm going to emphasize that point. A lifelong personality flaw. Ooh. Okay, if your partner has a personality flaw, yeah, I don't like the word flaw, like narcissism or lack of empathy, it is likely not not going to go away. You will never change personality traits because, by definition, they are unchangeable, says licensed clinical psychologist Joshua Claypow, Ph.D. You can, however, help your partner react differently in certain situations and change how they behave. They may require therapy, but it's for the relation but if it is for the relationship, it's it's probably worth it. So they they leave it open. You can't change it, but if the person's willing to maintain the relationship, a little bit of help, a little bit of coaching and a little bit of therapy, a person can modify a personality flaw. I like the word modify. So I'm going to, as I go through each one of these, I'll let my spirit guides talk a little bit. The Sarah group, their teachers, groups, and spiritual teachers, and let them comment about each point. And then I'll check back and see if anybody wants to talk to me. So first, I'm going to let my spirit guides talk to you about this particular point of a lifelong personality flaw. All things are changeable. From the non-physical to the physical perspective, all things are changeable. So if a person person has a personality flaw and it, they developed it at a very early age, now, we're going to leave off the idea that it came from a past life or perhaps it's genetic and then genetic things do kind of hinder a person from changing. And, and family influence has more of an impact on all of this than, let's say, gen- genetics and this sort of thing. A personality flaw is developed at a very, very early age because of star- circumstances. So we'll go back to what George was saying. 
if you don't know who this is, this is his spirit, a spirit group called Sarah. We, different spiritual teachers come in and out to discuss topics. And we like this format where we're going to comment on each one of these points and give our opinion on it. And so personality flaws, it's, it's the willingness to change. We're, we're back to that comment that's been made over and over again by many different experts on the subject. It's, it's a need to change. If a personality flaw is not serving you in a relationship or in life, you can modify the behavior. You can modify any behavior that you're going through. Okay, you, you can work through therapy, through group sessions to change any behavior that's limiting you from having successful relationships. Not narcissistic tendencies, you can tamp it down. You can see the value in not being narcissistic in a situation where it doesn't serve you, where it doesn't help you in developing a strong, loving relationship. So it depends on your goal. We would say to you, what is your goal? If you, if you are aware of, because that's the key word here, is if you're aware of a personality flaw, I like the word flaw, we like the word flaw. Flaw means that there's something that's amiss, that something's going on that's limiting you from achieving what you need in life. Okay? So, yes, you can change it. Absolutely. The other person can't change it. You can change it. Somebody else can't tell you that, oh, you're, you're a narcissist and that you need to change it. You, you can feel that energy just build up inside of you. Somebody calls you and calls you on a personality flaw where you can become a bit stubborn about it and difficult and challenged and not, not wanting to change. And you can justify your behavior. But if it's not working for you, if you're not getting what you want in life, if you're not achieving your relationship goals, because we're focusing on relationships here, then it's time to change. And you can do that. But we will say that if you're going into a relationship and at the very beginning of the relationship, you see somebody who has one of these personality flaws. Let's use, they mentioned the word empathy, not having empathy for another person. That's going to be very difficult for you going into that relationship. You're not going to be able to modify that relationship, that that flaw or that tendency within a person. So you need to recognize that right away in a relationship and say, well, can I live with it? Can I accept it? Is something that I can live with as long as that person decides or in some, at some level, in a subconscious level, decides that this is working for them. Once it stops working for them, they may make an adjustment. But going into a relationship your example of empathy may have influence on them, but in many cases, it's so deeply ingrained in them, these flaws, which you're using the word here. It takes a lot of effort on, on their part to recognize the flaw and to develop behavior that is contrary to the flaw. So we'll leave you, leave you with that. Yes, it can be changed, but the person really needs to willing to see that it's not working in their life in developing and maintaining relationships. But going into a relationship, if you see some of these personality flaws, be warned. Be warned, because it takes a lot of effort on that person's and a realization that this is not working for them. Because a lot of times it will work up to a certain degree. It will 
work for them in their outlook on the world. So we'll leave you with that one on that particular one. And so think about it. Going into a relationship, if you see these tendencies, be, be warned. It probably won't change unless the person sees the absolute necessity of changing. Thank you. Okay. So as I said, I'm going to each one of these. Um, oh, I have a caller. Okay, we're, we're talking about relationship this week, and we're talking about, by letting my spirit guides talk to you about developing a relationship, dealing with a relationship, and things that you can't change about another person in a relationship. Well, you can't change anything, really. They have to be willing to change. You know that. You understand that. I think you understand that completely by now, and we'll emphasize even more about that. Okay. So, number two, oh, I had a caller. Yeah, let me get back to that. So, the caller is on the line. We'll take that, and then we'll get into the next point of things that you can't change about somebody or things that are difficult for that person to change. The fact that the, the thing that happened in their past, that's a good one. Something happened in their childhood, most likely their childhood, that had a deep impact on them to create their personality. And you can't change that. But let's let's we'll get into the article in a minute. Let me take a caller, and we'll talk more about that. And we'll let my spirit guide. So I've got a feeling I'm not going to get through all 13 today, but that's okay. That's fine. And then we'll carry on with this topic tomorrow. More things about you can't change about somebody else. <laughs> I like the way they put that. You can't change um, because you can't. They have to be willing to change, right? So we'll get back to that in a moment. So let me take one more caller. Then we'll jump into more of that. Hello. Hi there. Um, I just tuned in, and I was uh, wondering if you're doing readings today and if I could get a message from Spirit as it relates to a new relationship coming in. Is it a current relationship or something? And who, who am I talking to first off? Let's go. Let's start with the basics here. I'm sorry? Yes. Hi, George. It's Bridget. And so what yeah. about a relationship? What's the question? Uh, the question is, um, is there a relationship coming in for me? Oh, okay. Well, let me, you know what? I'm going to channel, I'll let my spirit guys talk to you about that and let, let they have to say. If you know what I'm doing, it's differently than psychically. Because I'm going to go away and let them talk to you, Bridget. Okay? Okay. From our perspective, and this is this is a spirit group of teachers, so it's not George. So you know, it sounds like George, but it's not George. But that's okay. Well, we're just going to jump right into this. Your question about relationship. We're going to give you the words that you're on course, and in course being you're on the path, you're in the direction, you've opened your heart and your soul to a relationship. Are you in agreement with that? Yes. So you're open to it, you, but you've done your homework or you've done your personal work. You've done you. You've worked on you up to this point in time. You are always, humans are always working on themselves if they're willing to grow and, you know, keep going forward. So, you, but you've put in your, your work. So we would say you're on course for a relationship. You know, predictions are difficult because a little bit of, it depends on how much energy you're putting out to the universe to attract a relationship. 
you know, what are you doing to attract that relationship? Are you prepared for a relationship? Are you doing the little things that are necessary? We're not talking about vision boards and all that. But being out there, I guess, is another word, because you don't usually sit at home and attract a relationship, correct? Correct. Mm-hmm. So you're ready. You're on course. So it shouldn't be too much further into the future. You have an idea of what you want, don't you? Yes. Give us three qualities that you're looking for in a person. We're not talking about physical here. We're talking about values and qualities of an individual. You want to, did you ask me what those three qualities are? Yeah, what are those three them? qualities? Yeah, okay. go ahead. Yeah, so integrity, a sense of humor, and, you know, love and appreciation for who I am. Those are very good. So what you're doing is you you just put it out to the universe to attract that again, right? Now yes. you have other preferences. Mm-hmm. You have other preferences, obviously, other right. preferences which you prefer. So I know you're looking for a prediction. When when will this relationship happen, and will it come into your life? And and we're going to keep saying to you that you're on course. It, it, it As long as you're available and open to the possibility of a relationship and other things in your life don't encumber you from having a relationship, it will happen shortly. Do you you understand what we mean by encumbering you from having a relationship? Not really. I could use some clarity on that. Okay, well, let's let's explain ourselves because we've worked through George in a long time or other people and we've seen and observed from the human aspect that people become too busy for a relationship. Work becomes too much. Family becomes too much. Their lives are so intense and so active that there's very little room for a relationship. So we're not saying that you are that way, but we're worse. We're, this is a general thought for everyone out there who's looking. You have to be open to it. Sure. You have to, you have, to have time available and allow to adjust your time so for a relationship. You may have to cancel things for a relationship. I know that's tough for people to cancel something for a relationship. <gasps> you know what I mean? You may not work late that day, or you may not see a family member ooh, that weekend because you, you want a relationship. So we're seeing that you are, but just maintain that energy of being very open and being very flexible as to, allowing a relationship to come into your life, and it will happen shortly. Okay? Got it? Okay. Don't get overwhelmed by other things in your life if a relationship is a priority. Got okay. it? So we'll let you go. Have a beautiful day. Just look forward to it. You're going to have a beautiful person coming into your life, a person who respects you. That's mm. what you're looking for, partly. Respect sure. But also... Yeah. You know, you you mentioned it, and, and this is very common for people, but the sense of humor, and we're going to just delve on this in a little bit, and then we'll let you go. The, the sense of humor, it has to be a sense of humor that you both respond to. Because right. humor is something that's not everybody has the same type of sense of humor. And if you match up with yeah. somebody that you go, oh, I don't get that person. I just don't get where their humor is coming from. So you're, you're, gonna, you're going to meet somebody where you both find each other humorous in your own special ways. Okay? Be well. Right. Friend. Oh, that's wonderful. That's exactly what I, I'm looking for. Okay. Take care. Bye now. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye.
Okay, I'm back. I think I'm back. That was an interesting call. So that's important in a relationship. You know, and, and I think I mentioned that. Spirit kind of showed me that this morning, that, you know, humor humor is interesting. Because you can have different senses of humor. You can have very dry humor. You can be what, what you would call it, slap stick humor. You know, what makes you laugh? And what makes you laugh, and and you want to share that with a partner, and they appreciate the way you, your sense of humor. I've been in relationships where we didn't share that, and that's kind of frustrating. So let's go on to the next point. Things that you can't change, or things that people never change about themselves. That thing that happened in their past, and this is a very interesting article, and I read this. Too bad I can't post this on Facebook, so you have to listen to it. (laughs) Uh, Okay. If your partner has a solid, sordid, or troubled past that's affecting them currently and thus affecting you, it's important to figure out whether or not you can accept it. See, that's the key word here, and I don't really need to channel my spirit guides on this point, because can you accept their past? Can you accept some of the things that they've done in the past that you kind of go, whoa, you know, whoa, that stuff, right? Really? You have no control over the events that come to come to shape who we are, the psychologist says. All of you can change is how they experience life with you. So stop fighting against the past or go ahead and move on. If they had a certain things happen in their past and they've come to accept it, um, and I'm trying to think Spirit give me an example of that, things that they have um, okay, I'll give you a good one, and, and, and something that may be very difficult and challenging in, in, a, in a relationship, if one, of, one or both partners have had sexual and emotional abuse in the past. Now, that's a difficult one, and it takes work to accept somebody from their background and, and know where they're sensitive in that, rela- in that area of their life. So it takes time. They can't change that. They can they can deal with it. They can suppress not well. They can deal with it. They can cope with it. They can learn how to live with their past and not get past the shame of their past. And recognize that the past was a learning experience. But if you're in a relationship with somebody and they're not coping with their past and it's causing them to be emotionally in a very difficult place in the current, then it may not be the kind of relationship that you want to be in because it's not healthy. But if they're willing to change and you're willing to be there with them as they change. Okay, next point. This is an interesting point, and I've read a lot about this in the past, and 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 it's from a different perspective than just introverts and extroverts but it has to do with the masculine and feminine and certain dynamics in a relationship. So things that you can't, so whether whether an introvert or an extrovert, you think, well, maybe, uh, well, okay. So let's, let's look at this one a little bit. If you're an extrovert, it might be tempting to drag your introverted so out to parties in an effort to change their mind. But trust me, it won't make such a difference. If your partner is an introvert, no insistence that more is the merrier will change their essential part of their her, of his or her personality. From the book of author of Introverts in Love, 
So either you embrace your differences, and if it truly bothers you, date someone else. Now, studying a lot of this in the past and, and, and this whole thing about introverts and extroverts, it's a nice balance. It's a nice balance. Having, having a couple where one is more of an introvert and one is more of an extrovert is a nice balance in a relationship, and it helps the relationship grow because you can learn from the differences of each other, and you can pull each other a little bit one direction or the other if they're willing to do so. But you can't, in the case of, let's say, an introvert, pull them completely to the extrovert side. They may show, you know, periods of time where they have more of an extroverted personality, but it's temporary. So it's accepting that, accepting that core introvert or extrovert personality and, and embracing it and loving it and realizing that that's going to bring value to your relationship. Maybe the introvert is more into study and learning and, and sharing about what they learn or the extrovert is more about, you know, setting up the parties and setting up the events and the social events and makes it easier for an introvert to get involved when they're not having to be the one to create all these things. So it could be a nice balance, but you can't change each other. And if an introvert just wants to stay home and read a book and just relax, whatever the extrovert does is not going to persuade that person to do other activities. And if even if they, let's say, somehow persuade them, they may not be comfortable with it. And so you and, and the other thing is if you're in public you know, let's say parties or get-togethers and the introvert just kind of wants to quietly sit in the corner and talk to or quietly talk to one person and just focus their energy on one person, the extrovert cannot or will not or is not able to or shouldn't be able to persuade that person to get more involved in the activities of the groups because an introvert will usually lock on one person and engage in, you know, thoughtful conversation while the extrovert could be out there dancing and having fun and doing all these things. So it's really about just accepting each other for who they are and appreciate that difference because within that, this is a really good one where two two people who are kind of the opposite can really learn from each other and appreciate each other and grow in a relationship based on it, Okay. So where are we at time-wise? Okay, we have a few. Oh, okay, we're getting there. So this might carry on into tomorrow, okay, because this is kind of an interesting topic, and I'll let my spirit guides talk a little bit more maybe on a couple of these. And if you want to call in, if you have relationship issues that you want my spirit guides to comment on, they made an interesting point. And and they've talked about that before. If you wanted to get into a relationship, you have to be available for a relationship. I think that's so important. Yeah, you can't fill your life. Either, either, Either partner, male or female, doesn't matter. You can't fill your life with other activities and not being willing to compromise to go into a relationship. Like men who are so focused on work and let's say other activities such as golf or tennis or, you know, whatever it is, whether it's sporting activity or habit or hobby that they're into, they have to be willing to carve out time for a relationship and a significant amount of time for a relationship. 
So you have to be willing to do that. You have to be willing to give up certain activities, certain interests that, that are not common. Perhaps your partner loves to do what you love to do. Then you carve out time to do that with them. And that, that makes for a great relationship when you share interests because then you don't have to sacrifice that time. You feel like, oh, there's something you can do together. And that's the great part of a good relationship is being able to find things that are of common interest and values. So your time in things that are valuable to you is also valuable to your apartment. And went on and on about that one, right? Number three. What did I miss number two? Okay, number three. Number four. We're going to move on to number four. A serious mental health issue. Now, this is a biggie. In a sense, it's a biggie because if a person has this kind of issue, you really have to evaluate that information. Let me read the article here. Watching a partner struggle with mental illness is incredibly painful, and you might want to fix them. You notice that you might want to fix them, heal them, or urge them to get over it. Ooh, none of those work, do they? But it's important to remember it just doesn't work that way. You simply cannot fix these issues. I'm beating on the table here. You cannot fix these issues on someone else's behalf. Certified coach David Bennett wrote, wrote about, while a loving, supporting partner can help a person with these issues, the issues are only treated properly and controlled with evidence-based treatment. And even then, the problem can be lifelong. Well, it's like depression. We'll use the example of depression here. If a person has a tendency towards depression, all you can do is just be there for the person, right? And let them work through the issue as, as best they can with the professional help that's there for them. Now, you don't want to add to the depression, <laughs> obviously. You don't want to create an environment where it nurtures that that negative mental illness, right? So you need to learn what doesn't, what can, what can foster more of that problem, that mental illness, and, and abstain from going there and do the opposite. You, you have to learn also. If you're going to be in a relationship, you have to know the, the, the illness and understand the illness and know what you can do to help mitigate the effects of the illness in a relationship, not from a therapeutic or professional level, but from a level of an individual being there, you know, being a partner and helping that person deal with it. Okay? That's pretty straightforward. So that's what. So what you can't change. You can assist, but you can't change. And these are all really valid points when you think about in a relationship that you need to be very careful about when you get into the relationship and understanding that these are the issues. Okay, number five. This is a big one too. And this is huge because it's so prevailing in our society. It's ongoing struggles with addiction. Now, I'm going to read their article, and I have some comments on that one, too. And I don't know if my spirit guides have anything to say, but I'm going to, I have a couple things to mention on that one. It is totally possible to recover from addiction and keep your symptoms in check, but there are so many instances of people relapsing that issues like these are definitely worth keeping in mind. No amount of love, nagging will ultimately solve, be a solution to this problem. 
and you can only it can only happen if a person decides for himself or herself that treatment is needed and chooses it choosing to seek it okay okay it you know and it could be like alcohol it could be drugs it could be gambling it could be overeating it could be whatever whatever the addiction is that the person but you can't enable the addiction you know, you may have to change your lifestyle a bit. If you really love and you want to be in a relationship with an addictive personality and knowing their addictions, you may have to just adjust your own personal lifestyle a bit to be able to include them in your life and to have them part of your life. If, if the person is an alcoholic and a recovering alcoholic, perhaps not having alcohol in the home would help. Not putting temptation from them. Now, it depends on how long they've been through recovery and the recovery program, and they may be able to cope with a certain amount. But you have to be very sympathetic to triggers that your partner may have. And you don't want to, and you have to know what triggers the response to the addiction. Do you understand what, what what's being said here is that you have to understand, let's say, what types of stressors in their life will lead them back to the addiction and you want to help to minimize those stressors. For example, overeating. What is the stress? What is the things in their lives that create that addiction to overeating? And you may want to help avoid that in their lives. And changing your lifestyle somewhat to help that person to maintain their sobriety, maintain that personal, well, just use the word sobriety from whatever is going on in their life. So it takes adjustments because you don't want to promote their addiction. You don't want to be a cause of them relapsing into addiction of whatever it might be. So it's, it's a lot of understanding the addiction of another person and understanding how they got there and what their triggers are and meeting with a professional in this particular area to help both of you as a couple cope with their addiction. So group meetings are really important to be a part of a group meeting of a person with an addiction to help to understand their addiction. And so you're not enabling their addiction. Okay. I know a little bit about this, so I'm just going to stop there. Basically, that's one thing you can't change is their addiction. You can help them cope with the addiction, and you can set an example of sobriety for them. You may have to adjust your own lifestyle a little bit if you're going to get involved with somebody who has a certain kind of addiction. Okay? So that's that's that point on that. I think spirit doesn't really need to comment on that. That's That's... Summed up right there, okay? Their underlying selflessness. Let's read that because that's an interesting thought. I've spent, the author here, I've spent years focusing, force. if you spent years forcing your partner to be less selfish, it may be time to give up. Because, again, no amount of begging can make a selfish, selfish person magically less centered. If you're trying to get someone to be less selfish, that is a trait that will near impossible to change, says relationship expert matchmaker Susan 
term Betty, if a person is going to change something like that, they need to want to change themselves, not have you tell them to change. So if a person is basically very selfish, and you can, you can get that early in a relationship, you can get that. And if that's a trait that is really difficult for you to deal with the selfish tendencies of an individual, that person will only change when they want to change, as the article says. And you need to not try to change them. And nagging them and encouraging them will not really serve that individual because they're going to get resentful after a while. So if a person is at the core selfish individual, you really have to evaluate. Do you really want to be in a relationship with somebody like that? Because you're going to get left out. But a selfish person, it will be about them. And you might resent them for being selfish. So if you notice that early in a relationship, you might want to talk about it and see what they're doing about it. And if they're perfectly happy with who they are and their tendencies and they don't see an issue with it or an effort to change, you really need to evaluate the tendencies, the, the, the desire to be in that particular relationship. Does that make sense? So these are things. So this week's about relationships. And, and it's kind of a warning for people when you start dating somebody, if they have a selfish tendency about them. Now, everybody was selfish to some degree, to a little bit. But if it's an overwhelming selfishness, what's always about them, it's always about their needs and their particular things that they want to do. And, and you're always having to play second fiddle you may want to evaluate whether you need to be in that kind of relationship. And eventually, if they realize that they're failing at having and maintaining relationships, it might serve them to make a change, to realize, oops, I need help to become less selfish. Okay, the next point, which I talked a little bit about earlier and Spirit talked about, and this is a really interesting point, and it... <laughs> I'll let Spirit talk maybe a little bit about this one, too, but it's it's an interesting thought. Their sense of humor. Ooh, this is a biggie. Think it or not, a compatible sense of humor is incredibly important in a relationship. Decide now if you're okay with the fact that your partner can't crack a joke. Their sense of humor will likely not change, says New York City-based therapist Kimberly Hershenson. LWSW. LWSW. If someone isn't funny by nature, it's something that cannot be learned. Simple as that. What do you think about that? If they're not funny by nature, if they're totally a serious person and they're not funny by nature. No. So if it's important to be in a relationship, because I just talked to somebody who said, oh, I want somebody with a sense of humor. If you meet somebody, and you know, all the other things are falling together in a relationship, but they don't have much of a sense of humor. They're kind of serious. They they don't really have that humorous side to them. How important is it to you to have somebody that can just crack up all the time and laugh about the silliest little things? Is it important? If it's important to you, then you may want to shy away from that individual. Maybe you want to let them find somebody who is more like them. Because it's a value system, isn't it? It's about their values versus 
the other person's values. And if they don't value a strong sense of humor, perhaps they're better with somebody who doesn't. Okay? Value a sense of humor. So think about that early in the relationship. If you find something really funny and you share it with your partner and they look at you like, okay. And that's a repeated pattern. Oh, okay. And they don't find it funny. They don't find the same things. If you go to a comedy club and they're just sitting there not laughing and not finding it funny and you find somebody really funny or comedians that are really funny or movies that are really funny and your partner is just kind of like whatever, (laughs) maybe you need to reevaluate that relationship and it's something that, you know, because if you're going to spend years together with somebody, you really need to be compatible in this area of your life because it brings the spice and the life to a relationship, okay? So think about that as you delve into a relationship. If humor is funny to you, make it a priority in meeting somebody because you're going to be miserable with somebody who doesn't have a sense of humor if you if it's really important to you. Okay, because they're going to change. As the article said, they're not going to change. We've got a couple minutes left. I'm going to let my spirit guides talk to you a little bit about whatever they want to talk about in this, this arena about relationships and things you can't change about people. Well, we're going to jump into really something really quick, and, and, it's, and it's not mentioned here, and, but it's about spiritual beliefs spiritual practice, religious practice, religious beliefs, and how ingrained is a person's religious beliefs and how deeply ingrained is it in them and how different is that from your particular spiritual beliefs because that is really difficult to change. Now, some people will lighten or change over time in their belief system, but if it's so deeply ingrained from childhood that this is the practice, this is the religion, this is my belief system, this is my cultural belief, spiritual and religious belief system, that's most likely not going to change. So if you get into a relationship who's with somebody who has a religious and spiritual belief that's very different than yours, you're not necessarily going to be able to change that individual. And you have to decide, can I accept their belief system? Can I really go with their belief system and respect their belief system and not try to change their belief system or not try to contradict their belief system? You have to decide, can I live with this different belief system, this different religious background of this individual? You know, George does... look talks to people all the time and sees these people on dating sites and they they are practicing whatever their practicing religion is and if somebody doesn't connect with that and finds that something that is against their core belief system that they'll never line up they'll they'll never connect so think about that you know we we've, we've seen a lot of people who change over the years and who adopt, adopt new belief systems and their partners don't and that causes conflict in a relationship doesn't it so think about that as you go into a relationship can you accept the other person's belief system and are they willing to accept yours can they accept the differences in your beliefs and learn from each other and respect each other or they they so adamant about their belief system or their religious background that all they want to do is change you and for you to adopt their belief system. That doesn't work. 
it won't work in a relationship it and will cause a lot of conflict or relationship and a lot of times it will end a relationship because you can't find a common ground as to spiritual practice so we'll let you go on that well we'll talk to you tomorrow about more of these issues about what's different what what people won't change how they won't change in what areas they won't change so thank you for listening bye okay i'm back so all week i'm going to be talking about this relationships in various aspects of relationships and we'll hang on to this article we'll get back into what we talked about since um the number eight is really interesting it's ongoing issues with lateness if you've ever been in a relationship with somebody who's chronically late all the time Hmm. Let's let's read about that, because you think well, that that could change. That could change. No, maybe not. Okay. So we'll talk about that tomorrow. I love you guys. I will be back tomorrow. We'll carry on this thing. And if you have questions about relationships, let me know. Okay. Love you. Bye now.